Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation. Welcome along to the show. And as you can see, I'm finally official. I have my own title credit. Murph uh, and Rob that put it together. I I cannot thank you enough. I feel like I belong. Well, I, I didn't do anything, mate. I was all Rob. Rob messaged me. Rob. Um, you, if Rob. anyone doesn't know Rob, Rob is our, one of our excellent people. He's coming back with uh, the uh, Fast Action Friday on, on Fridays uh, in the season. Um, he did the pod a couple of years ago with Pitsy. I think he's going to be doing it with Lewis in the, in the regular season. And he's uh, sort of a star behind the scenes. Just write some great running back pieces. He's kind of like our running back expert here at Five Yard Rush. And... Um, uh, big day for him as well. He got into the Scott Fishbowl today, so that was uh, a yes. mega news for him. And uh, yeah, uh, really grateful he did the titles um, and added you and, and Tommy did it. So yeah, nice, uh, nice to have that uh, official because <laughs> yeah, as you say earlier, you felt like you're in someone else's seat, and that's not really the case at all. Uh, it's you and me all that's the way, fine. my friend. So now you've all done that, I'm going to quit. Leave it to yeah. it. Just <laughs> have my name up in lights every week yeah. and not be here anymore. So. I don't think anyone else will want to host the show with me, mate. Um, it was lonely without it, you last week. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I had a few things come up, life went away, unfortunately. No, mate. 
it always does, but uh, never worry about that. Jack dropped by. Um, we had a great time, and, uh, and oh, yeah, we shared yeah. some strategy. So uh, it's always good to sometimes just talk. Uh, I don't know how useful people find it, and maybe some people uh, probably hate it. <laughs> but yeah, oh, look, Jack's message. Yeah, even Jack from last week. So, um, Hopefully, a lot of you from last week uh, started following Jack and, and picking up some tips from him, especially with the Lift Golf that's going to be live. Uh, the, I think it's this week, isn't it? It's in the UK. Yes, yes. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. That um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great time. But obviously, it's been a big week for the UK FFC. Uh, gave away Scott Fishbowl. We did uh, spot. So, uh, what else is going on with the UK FFC? Uh, we're finalising a couple of announcements still to come. There's some big surprise on the way. We're collecting some some raffle prizes in. Got some great donations from different places that will be announced in, in due course. Uh, there's an exclusive competition for all the people that are going to be there that will be entered into as well for, for prizes. So that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, we're down to almost single-digit tickets left. Uh, what are we 40 days away? Uh, yeah, I, I, we talked to Bob Long the other week, and I think Bob said the first expo we done had something like 70 people present. Yeah, uh, We're touching 100 on the first one we've done here. So it's a huge market for it here, and it's great to see that people have took on what we've decided to do and, and gone with it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, excuse me, tissue's out, and I'm coughing my guts out. I had a stinking cold. I've been in bed all weekend, but I, I missed last week, so I thought I'd power through <laughs> this week. Man flu right. is real. Tell the wife. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's good to do have nothing you. but eat, drink, and <laughs> podcast bizarrely. Everything else is beyond my abilities right now. So. <laughs> well, we'll try and keep this one uh, nice and tight, share with the listeners. It's also uh, my last one as a 36 year old, so I'm is looking it? forward. Yeah. Uh, nice. Birthday week. So happy birthday for the week, sir. Thanks. It's luckily at the weekend, so I don't know what 37 is not you... great. I've been there a while. It's not wonderful. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yes, Jack. Man flu is worse than giving birth. I can confirm. <laughs> Women won't believe us. I've told them many times. I've actually gave up arguing the point anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting anywhere with it, to be honest with you. No, absolutely not. Um, I, mate, I, this is like the first time in like a month of being like, well, this year that I've actually felt all right within myself. It's been a bit of a crap year for my health, so I'm not rubbing it in, but. Uh, it's been, yeah, you, I don't quite forget, you, you forget what it's like to feel normal. You look at everyone around yeah. you and like, how are they normal? You forget what it's like. I mean, 100%. <laughs> it is bizarre. It is bizarre. But today's show is going to be good. Yes, um, yeah, we don't have a, a guest today. It's you and me, um, and we're going to be a little bit more succinct. We're going to share some strategies. So we're starting to get to yes. with June now, and yep. we're starting to get into the redraft season. So, yeah, you know, we weeks. spent, yep. yeah, so we spent the the last couple of months sort of looking at rookies um we did some sort of preparation we got some great guests on we got a lot of insight into what these rookies are going to be got some insight on some consistency um but now it's really time to start hitting i wouldn't say full throttle on redraft but it's time to get away from at least in our world the the, the dynasty rookie drafts they're yeah. all kind of in the books i still have one that doesn't start until july um, but other than that, most people's rookie drafts are done. Most people have built their rosters for the year. And so now yeah. we're thinking about redraft. The official redraft season, there isn't really an official season, but it, I kind of think the Scott Fishbowl draft, first, second week of, of July is kind of, for me, when 
the redraft season kicks into sort of full throttle. Correct. So I've started um, doing a couple of odd redrafts here and there just to start seeing where boards are starting to fall, where the rookies are starting to slot in. So that when you do hit FFCC, I know it's a, a best ball slightly different, but that and Scott Fishbowl and the like, when they all start JTT cups coming up, when those guys all start coming up, you want to have an idea of where you can find value and bits and pieces. So I'm starting to look at redraft boards now just to try and get a gauge on on who's going where. And also trying to mix it up. 12 teams. We've just recently done a 16 team. Mm. Haven't we? Um, just to try and see how, how different people approach it at different times at the minute and see where the variance is down in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely. So this show is going to be quite uh, unique because we're going to talk through some strategies that we adore, just the ones that we've been putting together either over the last few years or we're adopting so far this season. And everything's subject to change, right? You have to go with what yeah. the board says. But we're going to share a couple of strategies each, I think probably three each. Um, we're going to use some live examples of what we've done in drafts and explain yeah. our strategy, our approach to... Um, and this could be, you know, don't have to keep it to just like zero RB or hero RB yeah. or, you know, it's just a case of... These are the sorts of things we're trying to execute in drafts, whether it's roster construction, whether it's um, whether it is a zero RB approach, or whether it's just looking at different types of strategies, just so um, people can come away with a few ideas of one, what's going on in drafts right now, and two things that we're doing that we're finding and walking away with teams that yep. we're either quite happy with or we're not happy with, and they don't work. So, um, and that's the best part of this this part of the season. And, and you know, if you're watching this live, then please do interact. Do feel free to jump in with a a question, a comment, um, yep. anything like that, happy to kind of share some thoughts. So do you want to take the lead and go first, or do you want me to go first? I don't really mind. I don't mind going first. Um, All right, go for it. I'm going to go with my standard redraft approach, I guess, over the years. Um, what are we working on? We're working on a 1QB, super flex, really matter, a couple of running backs, two, three wide receivers, and a couple of flex type setup. Yep. Standard, no matter where I am, I would genuinely be looking to take two to three running backs off the board in my first two or three picks. Okay. Always been a consistently heavy, hard running back guy early on. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it's slightly different to my dynasty strategy. As it, as it should That's the long-term be. nature of it. Yeah. Um, especially redrafts PPR, we're looking for guys like Kamara to come above Cook and people like that this year, perhaps. Um, and looking for those extra guys. Aaron Jones this year, PPR, potentially have a huge year. Uh, I'm not worried about them. So I am looking to, off the board, generally, minimum of two, usually three running backs, because that's going to fill my two running backs up. Give me a flex spot every week with a starter, and I've got cover for when the bye weeks come by with three running backs there to rotate around. Yeah, I so I completely agree. First of all, Stacey's joining. Hi, Stacey. How's yep. it going? Hi, um, I completely agree. So I talk about this in the 2020 playbook, the 2021 playbook, and also the 2022 playbook. Um, that there is other stuff in the books, guys. Do buy there it. Is, it's not just, it's <laughs> it doesn't just recur and take the same thing. No, it, there is a lot of other stuff, but I the reason is, I think, you know, I look at the trends and position scarcity and everything yeah. else in there, and I'm I, I advocate this and I say this multiple times. I think you've got to take two running backs in the first three picks uh, that you have. Uh, I just don't see any other path to success from a roster construction standpoint. And I know there are. I know people subscribe to other strategies and and that's fine. 
but I'm completely on board with you here that it wouldn't be uncommon for me to go three running backs if the value was there and if the picks were there. The same way I think a two running back strategy in your opening three picks, that feels that feels right to me. I look at the data, I look at what is going on with um, the success at, at positions. Um, I look historically at where league winners come from. Um, and, you know, typically those running backs early off the board give you that perfect route to success. I talk about with using four years worth of data in, in the 2022 playbook, this uh, idea of a perfect draft. So if you were to take like the best round per average per position per draft, how you would build your team. And it very much starts with two running back picks in the first three yeah. rounds. So I, From my I'm time learning fantasy, it was the consensus way to go. It always was. It's how I probably learned starting out playing was that was because of positional scarcity. Now, I will say I've started looking at boards this year and started to think I maybe don't need three. I could probably get away with two. And if value's else there, I could probably get away with a top guy early on and then come back to it kind of rounds four and five, depending on what how many people are in the league and so on. But I mean, running backs later on, I'd be happy to get in a redraft. Melvin Gordon, I think potentially would be a recent value. Devin Singletary is going to be a lead back somewhere. Uh, yep. Miles Sanders, I think, is going to perform better than he did. 100%. J.K. Dobbins, mid-fourth round, something like that, early fourth round. So yeah. I think if I can get an early guy, I might start looking to change that slightly. But as long as they are there, early, mid-draft somewhere, I'm getting one first round. If I'm at the back end of a draft, I'm taking one of those first two picks somewhere. And I, and I think that makes complete sense because I think um... – I think position scarcity, and I know that what's going to scare people off, and it actually hasn't. People talked about this last season, end of last season. I don't think I can go running back first round because of all the injuries, and yeah. you know, injury injuries to that position is, That's why is I get very, very difficult. <laughs> exactly that you have yeah. to load the position because it yeah. is the most important position on your roster in a one QB league. Now, if we're talking superflex, this is completely different. But yeah. in a one QB league which is what the majority of people listening to this will play in the majority of the time, you have to take advantage of positioning scarcity because there are not that many running backs who will have that true workload to be an elite talent in fantasy yeah. football. And you just got to look at it from simple, logical perspective. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, of which you do tier them. You have a... Yeah, yeah. You can tier... But effectively, there's sort of eight or nine guys that are separated, maybe 10, separated from the rest of the field. And as long as you get one of those, yes, taking one slightly earlier than others will give you advantages. But essentially, if you've got one of those 10 guys, you're going to be... A Russell Wilson to a Tom Brady half a round later is not going to matter a lot. Right. Yeah, exactly that. You'll get a small penalty, but you make that up with other other positions that you take. And kind of could work itself out. I don't think there's a huge penalty. That's the kind of whole point. Wide receivers, there's two starting wide receivers minimum on every single team. That's 64 viable wide receivers. Not all 64 are going to be viable fantasy football. You'd probably say 40, 50 guys. And again, we're talking about people at the top will separate. But very rarely does the wide receiver one come from those sort of first four or five wide receivers off the board. Very rarely. Devontae Adams did it in 2020. Michael Thomas a few years ago. Yeah. But they're kind of few and far between. doesn't happen yeah. that often. You can get contributors in those late mid-rounds yeah, yeah. 
Cooper Cup last year. Debo Samuel was very late last year. There are guys later on in the board that do come up and surprise Stefan Diggs in 2020. You know, it, it, there's so many examples of guys who caught them starting this year. Market. Probably. There you go. And and that's where, you know, tight ends. Tight ends don't. There's four or five tight ends that are relevant. The rest of the, whatever. Yep. That's why running backs are so important to take early. And that's why I'm with you 110% on the strategy because there are. 15 guys yeah before i think that maybe 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 18 and then it just plummets it really does like there's a cliff you go straight off it and then you've got guys i'll be honest i enter a 12 team redraft and if i see somebody in the first two rounds taking a wide receiver or a quarterback i am more than happy because i'm aware that that's a spot gone that means another running back is coming back around to me somewhere exactly and i'm gonna i might start mixing it up in drafts now to say to see if I how I feel with one early and then picking up sort of fourth and fifth and seeing how that looks. But mm. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna vary very much off it, to be honest with you. No. I think I think it's more than like I said, I think it's more than the viable strategy is it's what I subscribe to. I'm with you uh on it a hundred percent. And I think it's important. And that's actually gonna tie in a little bit to uh, a strategy I want to share, which is Good when I'm Tell when I'm it. drafting, it's yep. about looking at taking as many running backs and wide receivers as possible on my roster. Yeah. So I want 75% of my roster to be running backs and wide yep. receivers where possible. Um, so give you an example of a league where I do this. So I probably differ slightly on that because I'm not so yeah. hot on the wide receivers. Well, so I probably, what, three wide receiver, two flex. I'd probably look to roster seven, maybe eight wide receivers. Late rounds, I'm just pumping. Well, it depends how big you're. I'm looking at 16 picks, right? So okay. standard league, 16. I'm talking way. about yeah. 16 picks, right? So yeah. so this is where I'm slightly... Um, this is where I'm emphasising this point. So yeah, 16 why picks, I'm... everyone's still a viable option. Yeah. Right, what we got here? Where are you, sir? That, that's, in second yeah, that's unusual. Yeah, well, I saw the value there. Right? So I wouldn't normally do it, but Kelsey at, at yeah. two four for me felt but it was decent, right? So what I want to do here and and highlight this point because I've gone tight end early. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking. I take. I take one really yep. late, yep. just we'll as a sort that. of yep. flyer. But I don't normally like normally. Yep. I would just sort of anchor Kelsey and go, yeah. But I have a bit of a soft spot for for Logan Thomas at where I've got him. If Gronk had gone, I'd have gone there. If he wasn't there, I wouldn't have bothered. Um, you notice I've only taken one QB? Yeah. Yeah. I've got an elite QB. Why do, Why am I taking the second one? Doesn't you need make, one guy for one week. Yeah. Right. I'll I'll pick one when, when Arizona are on a bye week. They got a reasonably late bye week this year. Um, yeah. I don't, I can kick that can down the road. So yeah. I, I don't need to worry about another QB. So why, why am I taking another one? You can question whether or not I should take taken Logan Thomas. I don't really care. I took him. Um, and then I take it a D because I got the Bucks D, I think, very late. And I'm very happy to take them. They're my DST2 ranked on the season. Okay. But there's no kicker. There's no backup QB. Oh. Every other pick on this board is running back and wide receiver. Yeah. And I've taken yeah. shots, right? Yeah. Marcus Father Scanton in the 14th round. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't yeah. pan out, it's Trey Sermon, 16th round. I love Naheem Hines there. Yeah. That's what I mean. I've just taken some shots. Um, yeah. If these guys don't pan out, I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I've no. got guys oh who God. I'm going to have to change 
I'm going to have to drop someone for a kicker at some point. I'm going to have to yeah. drop someone um, to get a kicker on board. Um, but I, I don't have to at the moment. You know, I've got a long time to, yeah. to sit on this. So I can sit here and watch camp. How is Marcus Fowler-Scantling going into camp? How's Trey Sermon going into camp? Are yeah. these guys likely to get any form of playing time? They're taking workload in pre-seasons. And... Yeah. Exactly that. It just gives me the opportunity. Because if Trey Sermon goes off in pre-season, I don't have to race to the waiver wire yeah. and go and get him. And that's yeah. why... Especially early drafts. We're talking about from now to August, late August. I just think don't draft a kicker. Doesn't make sense. I think no. it's a waste. Uh, you know, as a team here, no offense, I've drafted two. Certainly not doing that. Uh, even like you got two elite kickers. I don't really get the point of that. Um, but it, just in general, like uh, for me, I took a DST because <clears throat> they're my DST two. I've got them in the second to last round. I'm quite happy yeah. with that. Um, yeah. They're a set and forget. They're a 12, week 12 by the Bucks. So, again, don't have to kick. I can kick that reserve DST yeah. down the road. I'm starting them every week. Set and forget position. Quarterback, set and forget. Could be locked into a playoff position by week 12 and just leave it be. Keep all the right. rest and not bother changing anybody. And Use a spot for get... another running back. We spoke about last year, how you gamble on picking picks up for the playoffs, right? Exactly that. And if Logan Thomas doesn't pan out, fine, cut him. I can cut anyone, you know, anyone from Jacoby Myers down. If these picks yeah. don't work... With the exception yep. of the Bucks D, they're getting cut. It's not a problem, and and that's where I bought myself some shots. If you know Melvin Gordon doesn't pan out, Kareem Hunt doesn't pan out, but Naheem Hines does. That's what I mean. I've got enough enough here to yep. to go after uh, and anchor myself into a good position. So that's why I like to draft a lot more running backs, a lot more wide receivers, and just not worry about take. If I take an elite quarterback, just don't worry about taking. A second, you don't need to. Yeah. It's yeah. just you, what you taking a second. You're going to drop them in the first four weeks of the season anyway. Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't take Logan Thomas. That's something I probably, if I had to change my draft, I probably would change this pick. But I do yeah. have an affinity for Logan Thomas. I think he could be. You know, we're talking about someone who was the tight end four a couple of years ago. Um, the draft we done just now as well. Yeah. And when when loves tight ends, when does target tight ends, he targets tight ends a lot. Um, yeah. But if it doesn't pan out, drop him. Quite happy. Could be trade bait for someone. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, I wanted to fill up with as many shots as I've got late on. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I think is, is a much better strategy. I think I know you agree with this as well. I um, am very heavy on fade and tight end. Um, yeah. I just think outside of five guys, nobody else is going to be a tight end one. Um, and between those five, pick which one's going to be tight end one realistically. I don't think you can. So... That's where I will differ with you slightly. Okay. I think I think for me, Travis Kelsey is is a lock at tight end one. Okay. I know he wasn't last year. Yep. He missed a yep. game or two. Yep. Mark Andrews set franchise records. He set franchise records. He also did a lot of that Tyler Huntley time. rather than Lamar Jackson. Which That's is not happening. What a lot of people overlook. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying that the tight that Mark Andrews is not a good tight end. He's a very good tight end. Yep. He's gonna finish in yep. the top five tight ends, right? Yep. But for me, it's 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 a Travis Kelsey or or you, it's probably going to be on your show. See, I'm on I'm on Kelsey's lost Hill, so they'll double team Kelsey, and that takes away some of his options. Uh, I don't Kittles think you can double Kelsey. Injuries. I don't think the Bucks, double... in the, Bucks in the Super Bowl quite easily. He still finished with 120 yards <laughs> and like right. 10 catches. I mean, he didn't score a touchdown, but he still put up a 22 <laughs> point PPR day, like in the Super Bowl, because it was incredibly injury catches. prone. Yeah, QB situations unresolved. Mark Andrews said I did a fantastic year last year, but a lot of that was off the back of Tyler Huntley. 
I'm not a fan of TJ Hawkinson myself anyway. Uh, and Darren Waller's just added Devontae Adams into the mix. Yeah. So I can't justify the cost to any one of them. The bottom one of them, what? TJ Hawkinson, this is a draft here. Cordell Patterson, Miles Sanders, Jalen Waddle, all going in a similar round to him. Chris Godwin, I'll take one of those guys all day long. Um, I'll kick my can down the road. Occasionally, every now and then, if value's there, I don't mind dipping into that kind of next tier. I'm a big fan of Dallas Goddard, Zach Hurts. I'm expecting big things from Cole Komet and Gerald Everett this year. Um, so if don't you... mind one of those guys if they sit there nicely for me. If they don't, I will just keep on passing um, and I'll go right to the end. I'll grab a, an Adam Troutman or a, a Logan Thomas, like you say, a bit later on, or Cam Break. Someone who's going to be trying to be touchdown dependent, even a Taysom Hill. It's mm. going to be touchdown dependent. He may serve a decent week, a rushing touchdown. Thank you very much. He may outscore uh, a Dallin Waller that week. So, yeah. uh, for the value I'll get, I'll keep I'll keep fading it. And if they don't pan out, if they don't work, I'll go and get the next guy up and see what happens. Or when Kittle gets injured, uh, which is bound to happen. I mean, who handcuffs tight ends these days? No, it doesn't. No one does. It doesn't. So when Kittle goes down, I'll go get. Tyler Croft or someone like that instead that's going to pick up the role and hope that he gets half the production that Kittle does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just how I've always seen tight end. And I guess it's changed slightly over recent years. Tight end premium leagues coming in and it's, they've tried to increase that value. And I can kind of understand why. As I say, I'm not against those guys in those early rounds. I just look at who's there and I just I can't justify it. And I'd use a similar theory to what you do with the QBs. You can let it forget it and move on and come back to it later. Um, But week in, week out is, I don't know, Dalton Schultz in round late four, early five, going to outscore Cole Komet, who I'm picking up in 10 and 12. By that many each week? Probably not. I can probably, the wide receiver difference at that stage or the running back differential is probably greater than the tight end differential. So I think... I think early in the season. So I think we're at about now in draft season. So I yeah. look at I look at I look at Travis Kelsey at say the the two four to two six range that I've been seeing yeah. him going in drafts. And for me, I think he's a value there because I do think he returns you such a huge advantage at the tight end position. Yeah. Like he's going to outscore most tight ends by five to eight points a week. It's quite it a, a year or two ago he finishes like wide receiver four or something to yeah, miss exactly a tight that. end. Yeah. He's got that I potential. Think, and that's what I mean. And I think with the fact that Hill's not there, he is going to be a target machine. I think he's going to get a yep. lot of work. I look at that and think if you can get a really good running back in round three. So that draft I showed you, yep. I got I got Fournette at the three nine. I had taken Fournette passed on Aaron Jones as well to to take it as well. well, well I, I have, yeah, and I'm quite happy to do that if I'm getting Fournette at the three nine because yep. for me Fournette. He's a, he's a first round pick in redraft this year for me. Well, I think he's up if there. I'm sitting at, if I'm at the 10 12 pick, I'm getting him and Jones, him and Mixon, someone like that, round that turn all day long at the minute this year. His ADP doesn't reflect that. His ADP is still third round. I have him as I he's have him as a in big changer. I have him at RB6, and I think he I'm is, a bit light. I think I'm a he bit is light. Locked in, lead back, catching yeah. game work, touchdown high scoring yeah. offense. Exactly all day long that. for me. And I'm looking at I'm looking at drafts thinking I can get Fournette at the three nine. So if someone I'm quite happy to take at the two four, I'm getting yeah. at the three nine. 
why wouldn't I take a shot of Kelsey knowing I can potentially get Fournette? Yeah. Um, and if I get, like I said, so like for me, I start with a mixing Kelsey Fournette start. Yeah, I think it's right must be, Yeah, and that's that's why I think for me, Kelsey's the only one I'd pay that price for. I couldn't pay that price for Andrews. Andrews is going not much later than Kelsey. It's all going on that two, three turn. It's all going off last year's figures, right? Recency bias. It's recency bias, but you're drafting him at his ceiling. You know, as I said, the guy, the guy broke franchise records to get this. As you said, he did a lot of it with his backup QB. He's his career. He's inconsistent. Good year. Not so good year. Good year. Not so good year. Well, and that, and this game's the last two years till last year. Yeah, and and that plays a part in that, of course. Yeah. But I'm with you. Wallace Wallace thirty, and he's got um thirty thirty one, and he's got Devontae Adams in town. That's going to be tough. Um, yeah. Kissel, as you say, can't rely on him to play that many games. Um, Kyle Pitts is the only other player. But in the fourth round, how many touchdowns do you think Kyle? Pitts, he got one last year. He did. I, I think it. he goes. Impressive. Yeah, there you go. I think he'll go up from one, but I don't think he's getting ten. Well, this is it. I look at tight, I look at tight ends, and I, as I said earlier, the late guys I'm taking, I'm looking for touchdown dependent tight ends. Yeah, I don't care about the yardage on them. Just throw them a touchdown, one in three games, one in two games, and they'll be they'll be serviceable. They can score me seven touchdowns a year. I'll take that. What What you want? Ideal stat line for a, a tight end in in fantasy football, especially PPR, four forty two and a touchdown. Cheers. Yep. I was going five targets, three receptions, 36 yards on the score. That do. Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. sort of thing you want. That's yeah. all that matters. And that's, so I'm with you. So Let we've talked about nine, 10 points every week. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's, that's where you and I are very similarly aligned. Um, I will, oh. if I, if I do think if there is value in Kelsey, I will do it, but he's the only one I would do it for. I'm with you. I'd fade everyone else. It doesn't. How are you on that middle tier? Like I said about, so when I'm looking God. at God, uh, you're not, uh, well, you're if going early or late, well, it depends how late they go. Okay. So for me, I won't look at a tight end if I've decided that I'm not going Kelsey. I'm not looking at a tight end before round nine. Okay. Just it's just not happening. Yeah. Because the players you can get around. So let's look at a, let's look at an average roster construction, right? We've talked about two running backs in the opening three rounds. Then yep. you'll want to hammer the wide receiver position. So by round five, you should have, for me, three running backs, two wide receivers, or two, two and three, running backs, yeah. three wide receivers. So then but, you're going tight end or QB, whichever one's got the value. I'm going QB yep. because I want to pick one of the elite five, six. Yep. Right? Yep. So I'm going to miss on Allen, which upsets me a little bit. Unless if he is late, late third, early fourth, I'm prepared to push the button there. Okay. If not, I'm happy to pass on Mahomes. I'll pass on Mahomes every yeah, year. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, me um, I'm and then I'm getting interested around Herbert, Murray. That kind of range is where I'm. I I start to prick my ears, and I know Tom Brady is, and I have Tom Brady higher on my board. Yeah, but the risk of not getting him is is great. Like if you miss out on him, for me, there goes to be that drop of it's stuck with Dak, which is fine. Yep. But I almost think as a safety net in round six, if I can get Kyler Murray, um, I think I got Kyler Murray late six in that example that we When did Lamar go in that round out of curiosity? Lamar went, he went in the fifth. 
Okay. So Herbert, so Mahomes went, so Allen went two twelve. Mahomes went three eight. In this one example, Herbert four yeah. eleven. Lamar Jackson five three. Burrow five six. That's far too rich for me. So at that yeah. point, I'm five QBs off the board. Yeah. Um, and I know picking at six four at seven nine, my choices are thin. Well, you're coming into Rogers. We don't have a receiving room. Hurts potentially. Uh, well, Stafford. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm looking at my net. There is. I don't really want Prescott, but I would take him. No. But I, for me, Rogers, Wilson, Brady. That's like the and yeah. Hurts. That's the Stafford, sort of I'd net put of Stafford four. in that as well. He's a bit lower for me, but okay. yeah. But I, I don't. I wouldn't want to take. At the seven nine, if those players all go, I'm then I'm in. Then I'm in. <coughs> the, I'm streaming QB. Yeah, and I'm I probably agree. picking someone like Trey Lance in like the ninth, and then I'm going from there. So I'm looking at QB around round five, round six, maybe round seven at least. If I'm at the front end of the draft, so yeah. like seven one, seven two, seven three, I might wait till that seventh round if the board allows me to. Um, and then I'll probably punch the ticket there. If if Brady's there, I'm I'm probably taking him there. Um, so that's why I can't look at because then rounds seven, eight, nine for wide receivers and running backs there, I think are terrific. You're yeah. looking at like Miles Sanders, yeah. uh, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, uh, Devin, Devin Singletary, Singletary, Melvin Gordon, yeah, Melvin. And that's Gordon, what I said. This Gordon is why I said I made actually change my approach a bit because I'm getting to their rounds again. I quite like them. I don't need them now though. Yeah. You know? then let's look at, but then look at the wide receivers there. Amon Ralph St. Brown, Traylon no. Burks, Ro- yeah. Robert Woods, uh, Gabe no, Davis, who I love this year. Um, Darnell Sutton. Mooney, Corden Sutton, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if you can put up with the suspension. No, not in a redraft. Uh, really. Drake London, you're getting in that range, mm. who I think, you no. know, there's no one else really to throw to. Um, like I'm looking at those, that that range of players and think, do I necessarily need a, a Dallas Goddard, uh, a Dalton Schultz who's going to put up tight end six numbers? Do I really want to chase, or am I better off waiting until the tenth, eleventh round for, like you say, Cole Komet, um, yeah. even a Hunter Henry Gronk? Gronk, you're getting a huge discount on right now because no one knows he's playing but we know he's coming back um I, yeah i think people are getting wise to that one as well I've, i think i've seen him gradually start to i've done yeah, a lot of baseball graphs at the minute and he's gradually people are gradually picking him up round earlier than you expect him to and so on so he's on his move he's on the move he is but i can't see him accelerating past round nine i think that'll okay. be a shock because i think people were worried about his injuries i mean the guy yeah. finishes a tight end seven last year and he tight end seven tight end eight last year and he missed like six games uh, like, PPI was, finished seven yeah that's what I mean like you're looking at what there's just too many players in that 11th round 10th round for tight ends Komet Hunter Henry who I think is in line for touchdown regression but he's Mac Jones's yeah. almost favorite red zone weapon and yeah. if you're hunting touchdowns I can't really look past someone like that um Rob Gronkowski, I think there's a few tight ends in that 10th round range who I think are going to be yeah. there or thereabouts. Dawson with... Knox. No, I see, I'm out on Dawson Knox this year. Okay. I just think OJ Howard we'll is going touchdowns. to. Yeah, I think OJ Howard's going to take a bit of work. And I and I the problem with Dawson Knox is he's so streaky. So yeah. you'll score three touchdowns in a row and then not score for eight games. And that is the Dawson Knox effect. Like I just think 
I'm not in on that. I'm not in on that. Like, I just, I, I did take him in a draft, and then I actually immediately regretted it. Um, I'm quite happy to take, uh, you know, other players who I think, I, like for me, Tyler Higby. I'll take Tyler Higby right. over. He scored nine touchdowns last year. To put it in perspective, he scored five in four weeks. Yeah. And then he scored four in five weeks. And did nothing in We're between. One, two, three, four, five, six weeks in between. And bookended either end as well. Yeah. So... So he was great, great at the fantasy playoffs if you held on to him, and he was great at the start of the season, and he was rubbish when all your yeah. bye weeks were going on and everything else. And, and I think that's him. why, yeah. And I think people were putting him in flex spots, and you think, I don't like to play into flex spots anyway, but that's a different story. And I think, you know, we look across yeah, the construction, the things we're talking about here strategy-wise, yeah. it all predicates to this, what you talked about right at the very beginning. It's doing the drafts, it's knowing who's going where. Yeah. We are knowing who is going where, yeah. who's available in drafts at what stage, mm-hmm. so that we can start to form some of these strategies of, I'm thinking I'm going to go QB maybe in round six, depending what the board is telling me, because I know from my roster construction, I'm going to get this player in this tier. or yeah. I'm going to get that okay. player in that tier. Yeah. It's so important to know that, because... In terms of, in terms of when you're looking at, not every draft is going to be the same. You know, you're, yeah. you're not going to get away with this. But there are a lot of drafts you do where you can you can predict what's going to happen, and you can yeah. pretty much. I've got into a draft, no word of a lie. I've written down who I want in every single round and got every player I wanted in every single round. Well, we just did a draft where I wrote down every player I wanted in every single round, and you took them next to me every single round as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had a cheat sheet. We was working on the turn, literally, and I'm going, okay, there's three guys I want. I'll take one. One of the other two will make it better. Nope, Murph took the other two. <laughs> uh, uh, we saw a thing on Twitter, and you probably saw it the other day. Someone said, if, if somebody had to draft a team for you, it would it be? I was like, well, Murph, because he just drafts everybody I want anyway, so we'll be fine. <laughs> It'd just be my team with his name on it. So <laughs> We are very similar in our approaches, and, that, and that's, you know, getting to know your league mates, knowing who they draft, what they like. It's also because of the, the, the involvement I had with Five Yard Rush as a fan before even getting here. To be honest with you, mate, it was doing the books and following you guys and reading what you do and listening to what Five Yard put out as a whole. And that has played a part in my fantasy development, if you will. My that's, upbringing. That's Thank you, Dad. Of... <laughs> well, that was, that's my whole game is I couldn't compete with Americans. So I thought if I brainwashed the entire UK generation to everyone draft the way I want to draft, I'll slightly pivot, take everyone they that's want. That's it. You're going to wait 10 years till the master plan is in effect. And then that's it. Just do something totally random that's and it. different, right? We're in yeah. year five. Yeah. <laughs> it's going well. No, um, and I think that's, the, you know, and that's why we do shows like this. It's just an open discussion to see what's going on as those strategies. And yeah. you'll see we're quite aligned. And, and I know there's someone listening to this or someone watching this. <laughs> uh, Paul's joined in, cats out of the bag. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But someone, um, someone will be watching or listening to this and going, "I just don't agree with these guys." Like, I don't agree. And do you know what? Tell it's us. good. I don't want. Yeah. yeah t- one, tell us. But two, it's good <sighs> to have a contrarian strategy. Like, yep. if everybody does that's where the value same is. thing, that's exactly. how we all find value. Um. So I understand the principle of no. Zero RB. I understand. I understand hero RB, which is you take one RB early and you fade the position. Yeah. For me, you know, our strategies or the strategy I, at least I, I put together, and I think yours as well, is based on how we like our teams, where we think yeah. we get value. But we're also slightly cautious drafters, you and I. 
we are yeah, more agree. on the conservative side. Yeah, where we're thinking about backups and oh well, if player A Redraft, goes by, on... don't take a lot of rookies. Yeah, it's a windmill construction type. Yeah, and and, you, and you're thinking about next man up. Yeah. If so and so gets injured, I've got yeah. this guy all coming yeah. and fill my roster. I'm reluctant on injured guys coming back and things like that. So yeah, and you won't take you won't take an injury risk in round one unless you absolutely have to. There's a value, so you're not reaching for like a Dalvin Cook or someone like that. You. You will go for guys like me who well, will, yeah, who will pick on players who will play. Who did you mention? You mentioned uh, D Hop, not yeah. touching him this year. Six games out in a redraft league. What's the point for me? I'm not going to bother. I'll just I'll take, take, I'll take him in round 10. Yeah, but he ain't going to get around 10. No, no, no. He's barely going to get around six. No, and I agree with you. So <laughs> I, I just don't want to hold someone for six weeks. But what um, I'm saying in terms of injury wise, I'm looking at, we'll use Tampa as an example because it's what we know. Redrafted Rams football. There we go, Stacey's got it. Yeah. Um, Tampa. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Last year were being drafted practically side by side. Yeah. Yeah. This year, in redraft, I will guarantee I'll have a lot more Mike Evans than Chris Godwin. One, because of his touchdown dependency. And two, because I know he should be starting the season at the very least. Okay, he may not make it through. No power may make it through. But I'm more certain Mike Evans starts week one than I am Chris Godwin. And I don't yeah. want to be on the back foot week one. Why use a, a top five round pick on a player that may not play week one? I agree. I do. I'm more confident on you on Chris Godwin. And to be honest, I see Chris Godwin as a top 12 player if he starts week one. Or on yeah, the and I agree. I agree. And but I think I if I can get it, if I, I think round five is where I start to loosen up a bit and think okay. if I can get a top 12 player at the position in round five, Except tight end, nor tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can get a top 12 wide receiver in the fifth round, I'm pushing that button because at that point, I'm starting to think, well, I've got my anchor. I've got my two running backs at least. I've got players who I trust will carry me and keep mm-hmm. that stability. So now what I need to do is think about how I can accelerate. Because if you hit yeah. doubles all the way, like the way, the way I look at the first four rounds of the draft, I'm not looking for home runs. I'm looking for doubles. I'm yep. looking for someone who's going to come in the lineup and do what I draft them to do. So if I draft oh, wow. a running back in round one, he needs to be he needs to be an RB1. If I draft yep. a running back in round two, I would love him to be an RB1. But if he was a high-end RB2, I'm still yep. quite happy with that. Yep. Um, if I take a wide receiver in round three, he needs to be a fringe wide receiver one. Yeah. That's kind of what I need them to do. And yep. when you do that, you think, okay, or however you take them, like, but you should be walking away with two top fifteen, top sixteen running backs and a top twelve, top fourteen wide receiver in, in those opening yeah. three rounds. And if you can do that, that to me is what you should do. And then after that, you think, okay, well now I need to start. I need to hit. A, I need to hit a couple of winners. I need to hit a couple of a couple of yeah. dingers, a couple yeah. of home runs. And round five for me, Godwin, who is a player who, if we knew was starting week one, would be going in the third round. Yeah, he would. Yeah. We know he's not going to be out much past week one. If he misses week one, I'm pretty certain he's back week three. So then I think, well, okay, I'm I'm pretty confident I think he'll be back yeah, or thereabouts yeah. week one. So then I think, okay, if he's not, I'm quite happy to take the risk because I know I'll pick someone in round 12 who will carry me through week one. Yeah, yeah. And that, and Maybe that's... Maybe for a bye week, effectively. It's just... 
Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. almost having a double bye week. But yeah. for the discount you're going to get on a player who who's potentially a, a fringe wide receiver one, I'm quite happy to take that risk. Whether it's, I see for me, like you look at the players that go there in that range, I would take Godwin over DJ Moore. I would take Godwin over. Um, let's look at the players going in that range. Uh, Mike Williams, you, Marcus Brown. Yeah. yeah. Do you think mean, Johnson maybe falls that far? Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Adam Phelan, Tyler Lockett. Yep. Robert Woods, uh, Devonta Smith. It's no brainer. Like for me, he's so yeah, yeah. far ahead of all those guys. Yeah, like it's not close. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easily, <clears throat> easily being suckered into. But then it means not taking Mike Evans, and so that's where your strategy comes in because you can't take both. You can't have. Both. Whereas I think you can take Godwin engage. I don't think you or okay. or Evans engage. I don't think you can take. Evans and Godwin. I don't think you can have okay. them both. I think that would be a recipe for disaster. Correct. Yeah. But I do think because of the price you get on Russell Gage, I think you can take one of the other two and take Gage. Because, and he becomes flex payable. Yeah. He becomes yeah. flex payable. I think he's a, he's a steal where he is. I still think he's a steal. And I think yeah. that getting him in the ninth, tenth round is just insane value. Because if Godwin's not ready week one, Gage is going to go through the roof. Yeah, and if he if he is, I still don't think that makes a difference because, as we said with Bob, I think he gets a lot of seven for seventy games. I'm yeah, quite as, happy as Antonio take... Brown did because they exactly can't come through. And, and I'm quite Gage happy was brought to... there for a reason. They paid him a lot of money. They did. Yeah, you, know, you got to follow the money. You know, three yeah. for thirty is a lot of money for a, a wide receiver three. Yeah, we're gonna a team that's going to throw the ball up. I think yeah. Uh, so I'm with you on that 100. percent do you ever have a strategy that you kind of live by that you think this season that you would be applying? Yeah, but I've just kind of, in, I've just kind of uh, contradicted it in the last bit we were talking about. So I don't know if Go I on. do now. Um, we spoke about it before, but the second player, finding the value in the second player. Um, yeah. I mean, Mike, Chris Godwin, I guess actually last year I would have took the second player. It's the injury this year that's prevented me from doing so. Um, yeah. The big one this year seems to be Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They were far apart, and they're sort of coming back together and almost flip-flopping. Yeah. But um, Jerry Judy goes before Cortland Sutton. They're very similar at the minute. Um, and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, look at the difference in value with them. They had identical seasons last year in Riga, yeah. practically. Identical. Um, yeah, I so love I will... it and DK Metcalf. Yeah, I'm probably not drafting either of them this year, to be honest with you. <laughs> But if you're in that hole, yeah, take the value. If it, well, where's Tyler Lockett going? Tyler Lockett's probably going what ninth round. He's going to be. Uh, with... So I'm looking at some boards now. In the analysts, he's going in. Oh, he's going. Wow, he's going really. Late. I can't find him. It's probably with the DJ Sharp, Jameson Crowder type, Jarvis Landry, perhaps mm. that kind of bracket, right? Well, I actually can't see. Oh, no, someone reached for him in the analyst. Uh, in the someone reached for him at 6 1. Um, yeah, in the one. other draft, he's looking at six, so mid six, six, seven. Okay, I'd have had him later than that, to be honest with you. Um, but you got, but you got DK Metcalf going two and a half rounds higher. Yeah, I'd take Lockett if I had to. If I got to, if I'd done, yeah, if I'd done two running backs, found value at a tight end, and I found myself a positional hole, then yeah, I'd, I'd take the second one and lock it there. Um, it's I even, tend to, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, wide receiver twos and threes. I bet Gabriel Davis is going before Jamison Crowder. Oh, all day long. I'll take Jamison Crowder. 
Nah, see, uh, that's what that's where, for me, I will slightly disagree with you. And okay. and here's here's where I'm going to go with this caveat with this. I agree that you go with the cheaper player, mm-hmm. i.e. the, the lower-ranked player, unless that player is new to the team. Okay. Because new wide receivers on new teams tend to not perform overly well okay. on a consistency basis over the season. They tend to see a drop-off. And I get your point because he's walking into that um, Cole Lockett or Cole Beasley role that kind of was quite a successful role. He did recently. And even Emmanuel Sanders last year. But Gabriel Davis had massive games in the playoffs. He had massive games at the end of the season when he kind of established himself into that role. And that for me is when you've got a new player on that team who's coming in, it's, it's the same for me with the, with the Rams. So like, all right, this is a bit of a different scenario because you've got Cooper Cup, who's miles ahead and probably the best yeah. wide receiver in fantasy football, and you've got Alan Robinson. Yeah. Now, for me, because Alan Robinson's new that offense, I think he's going to be fine. But if you're talking about Alan Robinson and Van Jefferson, the difference between those players is like one's going in like the 14th round and the other's one's going. Barely going. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Well, Alan Robinson, where's Alan Robinson going? He's going in like the eighth, seventh uh, round, maybe even a bit yeah. earlier than that. So when you're looking at that and you're thinking it's six rounds, it's, yeah, sort of cut a sixth round is going. So you're looking at eight rounds. Okay. Give me, yep. For me, I'm taking Van Jefferson. I don't think there's going to be – I think there's going to be a difference. I don't think it's huge. I don't think okay. it's like 100 points difference. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm with you on this because because I think Alan Robinson's going to not – be as good as people expect him to be because of the fact he's going to take time. He's got to acclimatize to yeah. that offense. He's got to get on the page with the quarterback. <laughs> there's less less preseason games. There's less games in which they're going to have that opportunity to get on the same page. You yeah. know, this is why I'm all for taking a shot on someone like Marcus Valdez Scantling in the 14th round, but I don't necessarily expect it to pan out. I'm willing to see if it yeah. does. But I'm also like... Mm, if At it very little cost, that's the case. Well, that's what I mean. And I think, you know, it's why I'm always very... Weird. Rookies are slightly different because of the way they're drafted. I think there's a pressure to yeah. get a first-round first wide receiver the ball. Um, but if, like, for example, let, let's take the example of Juju Smith-Schuster and Sky Moore. I yeah. would much rather have Sky Moore, who's going four, five round later than Juju, than Sky yeah. Moore. Yeah, uh, I'd rather Sky more than Juju because I think Juju's on a one-year contract. He's, there's no long-term investment in him. He's new to that team. He's kind of with another set of guys. So Sky Moore is, is there. He was heavily invested in. I think, yeah, yeah I, I would rather have that. I think there are some exceptions to this rule. For example, whoever the wide receiver two is at Indy and Michael Pittman. Yeah, Alec Pierce. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if he is, Pierce, I mean, I, or yeah, I mean, whoever it is, I mean, it could be anyone. Well, um, so <laughs> Sharp Bateman versus the second wide receiver in Baltimore. Um, there could be me and you at this rate, so yeah. Um, I'm on say Brown and DJ Shark. I'd, I'd rather have a, I'm I love DJ Brown. Sharp. No, I love DJ Shark. Well, okay, but so we have some differences, but I think, I think as a general yeah, rule, but that's play that is adding player preference to the rule, right. Yeah, I don't think it is. See, again, and TJ Chark, I look that. at him. He's yeah. a new player of that team. He's got to get on yeah. on board. Um, 
you know, for me, I think that's that's the risk. I don't love new wide receivers on new teams. I, and we're talking about guys where there's a, a bit of a variance. I was talking more of the guys that are bracketed almost together as well sometimes, you know, like... Yeah. We did a draft recently. Kadarius, Tony, and Kenny Golladay went two pieces, two pieces into the park. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd rather take neither and, and take Wondell Robinson, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, you never know, right? Um, it's, it's just same for me. I always try to, if I've got them both there, and I guess the Williams one last year, Javante Williams and um, oh, his name is Coach Melvin, Melvin Gordon. Gordon really brought back when I sat back and looked at the figures actually. I don't play a lot of dynasty, and it may be that factoring in. Giovanni Williams is going incredibly high of such a great profile. They had the same season. Yeah. Do you know? But but the same the same is also said, mate, with um with Tyler Lockett and um and Metcalf. So I look, yeah. look at I looked at last season. So twenty I wrote this in the twenty twenty one playbook. I wrote there's a four round difference between yeah. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Why yep. would you draft them when they put up virtually the same season? Last season, they were separated by... There was a gap, but again, it was a four-round ADP. Yep. They were separated by... I'm just looking now. Well, I'm just going to come back to my Gordon Williams while you look it up. They were, well, I tell you why I got it here. They were separated by over the course of a season, and they played the same amount. Uh, did they play some games? They did, did, yeah, Metcalf played one game more. Played one game more. Yeah. He outscored yeah. Tyler Lockett by nineteen, just short of nine. Yeah, nineteen point. Yeah, nineteen point yeah. one points. Okay, so Williams so 19, and over the Gordon the season so separated by less than nine points. Less than nine points. I'll take Melvin Gordon six rounds later. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly that. And, and, and again, the same goes with with Lockett and even them could go down as well. If either of them goes down and you're sat on the right one, you're laughing. Yeah, granted, Melvin Gordon goes down, Williams picks up a workload. But if it's the other way round, what a windfall I've got in that round. Hundred percent. That is a, that is a league winning pick in round eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the same goes for Metcalf and Lockett. They were separated over the course of the season by 0.3 points per game on average. Yeah. And you get one four rounds later. Like if you drafted DK Metcalf in the second round last year, you lost your shirt. Yeah. It was the same last year with Deontay Johnson. He was going after Chase Claypool in drafts. Like yeah. that's a mad thing to me. Like yeah. that made no sense. Um, and I, you know, this strategy will work out for you more often than not. Not always, yeah. but more often than not. Yeah. Fine. So what else have you got for us? Anything else? Any other I think for me, you like? yeah. So this is a bit of a, a bit of a sneaky one, right? So I was looking to that. Oh, here we go. Stacey's asked a question: Who is the one player you're looking at dropping to the later rounds, or the or the one you think will be a steal in the later rounds? Okay. Um, you're looking at how late he's talking, I guess. But yeah. I'll go by position for this one for me and give you some time to think. So quarterback for me, Tom Brady. I think if you can get him uh, round seven or below, I think he's a steal. Uh, Massive steal for me compared to the rest of the field. But you have to know your league and know where you think he's going to go. The best thing I'm seeing on Twitter. But there are so many, there's so many analysts right now that haven't got Tom Brady in their top 12 of redraft rankings. Love it. 
please, please tank his value. Let him go into the eighth or ninth round. Yeah. That would yeah. make me a really, really happy boy. I have him quarterback three this year. So yeah. tank his value. Tank his value. Let him go down <clears throat> as much as possible. Yeah. If I can get if I can get him in the eighth round, ninth round, thanks for coming. Running back for me, going really, I would say late, but I think is a good value. Later rounds for running backs is very different. So for me, I'm looking at like round seven again and beyond. Yeah. I think Miles Sanders is a terrific value. I think he's an R, I think he's an RB two in the mid to late seventh round. I think me and Ali should bet on our draft winners and losers. Miles Sanders is, is coming yeah. this year. Value is tanked because of performance last year. No touchdowns last year. Nope. No touchdowns last year. He's in for huge. Uh, positive touchdown regression, as I talked yeah. about last week. Uh, yeah. I highlighted this. So two weeks in a row, we've given him some love, and I think absolutely um, Miles Sanders is a steal. Yeah. If I'm looking the later, later rounds, Naheem Hines, we've both talked about him. I think he is, again, another player I'd be looking at yeah. the top 24 running backs. They all know about, especially in PPR, and he's a premium handcuff. If something happens to Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines is going to get the work. There isn't anyone else on that roster yeah. who's going to get that kind of work. So those two players, wide receiver. I talk about him every week. Russell Gage. Russell Gage is the absolute steal of the century yeah. for me right now. I'm picking him up in every draft. Tenth round. Thanks for coming. There's no doubt. I think there's a lot of steals at wide receiver. To be honest, I think you could name. I think we could name half a dozen players uh, in the later rounds. I think there's some absolute steals uh, that you can get in the later rounds uh, with almost no difficulty. But he is he's one I will take in those sort okay. of late ranges. Uh tight ends, I think again, we've talked about this. I think Gronk is a steal right now because not everyone is clued up in the thing he's playing, but Cole Komet is my other one. I think Cole Komet is gonna again, be no touchdowns last year. Yeah, and that's that's not gonna happen again. Justin Fields will get no. better, that offense will get better. Yep. He will he had a lot of red zone looks and he had a lot of targets. He, he just didn't score any touchdowns. I see him yep. easily getting back to six, seven touchdowns yep. uh next year. So I see him as a roundabout sort of a tight end eight. I think he's going to do a job if you're not going to take tight end early. I think you can get him in like the 13th, 12th round. Okay. Uh, even if you have to reach into the 11th round to get him, I'm more than comfortable doing that at that stage. I don't think anything past anything from the 11th round onwards is not a reach for me. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. not reaching. You're in, the, you're in the doldrums. Take who you want at that range. Fair. You? Um, for me, a quarterback, I'm liking Jalen Hurts. I think he is just outside that's that fun. top bit. I'm a I think the rushing upside he gives is bigger than maybe some people think. And I think he does fall out of that top rushing quarterback group. But with the weapons he's now got and the line improvements, he could perform there. It's, it needs You need a bit of luck for that to deliver, but I think he could get there. Um, I think he could put up Kyler Murray of last year numbers, sort of thing. Um, running back, similar bracket to you. Devin Singletary, I kind of drafted James Cook, but he's still going, what, seventh round? He's still going to be the lead back on Buffalo. He's his, his, his value is tanking like every day. Is, is it's crazy, right? Now. I'm looking at the draft we did here. Singletary went two places before James Cook. Mm. Why? What says James Cook's going to take that role off Singletary? Singletary earned that last year off of Zach Moss and yeah. people like that because Zach Moss came into the year as the RB1. And Singletary yeah. delivered and they showed faith in him. They still will this year. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Dillon as well. I think he's in for a big year because I think Jones will pick up so much catch and work. I think they'll rely on Dillon. In the run game, as things stand, if that roster doesn't change, uh, wide receiver one for me that really stands out, and you are right, there are a lot, but the one I'm picking up a lot late is Jarvis Landry. Um, I think you see, look, yeah. new called new new team. I get it, we've had this, but I think they're a going to be a higher offense team 
with Jameis Winston if he comes back fit and healthy. Landry's more than a capable wide receiver. Um, Landry, over the last couple of years, has missed games. But before that, he's returned top 12, top 20 performances. He ain't going to get back there. But he could serve you as a mid-wide receiver too. And if you're picking him up in the 8th, ninth, 10th round as your wide receiver 4 or 5, why would you not? Michael yeah. Thomas hasn't played the ball in two and a half years. If he doesn't come back again or he isn't right or he isn't fit or he goes down again, Landry's their wide receiver one on that roster without a shadow of a doubt. So I'd take the upside on Landry at that stage. I think for the price you get him, 12th round, 11th round, I think he climbs. I think he's probably He's kind of the be... forgotten man for me in drafts at the minute. Yeah. I think he won't go that uh... late last year at the Browns. No. I think, I think he's probably going to... i say situation's gonna... better now. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think he's probably going going to go. I think when it's all said and done, a late eighth, ninth round. I think it's where you'll see Jarvis Landry in the peak of draft season, where I see him going. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I completely agree with you that I think Jarvis Landry again. I get it; he's a new player, but I look at those rounds. I think, as you say, you've got an uncertain situation there. Kamara might not play some games; he might get banned. Michael Thomas, we don't know what's going on there, and we know Jameis can sling it. Um, yeah. and they don't have a slot receiver. They don't have. That's why they paid Jarvis Landry. They don't have a slot receiver. Correct. They haven't had a slot receiver for two years. Um, and I get that Michael Thomas is going to work that role. It's going to put some spaces in for for Landry. I guess the one thing with Landry, and I, I this is where I'm going to curb the enthusiasm slightly. Go on. Jarvis Landry's had amazing situations where he's never produced our, uh, wide receiver Correct. one numbers. Correct. And I think, but I think for where you get him in a draft, especially right but now, I'm not looking for him to pick wide receiver one numbers. No, and I, and that's I'm looking for him to deliver top wide receiver three numbers, and I'll take it. Right. If he can get into and... wide receiver, if he can get into the top fifty wide receivers, I'm okay with that right there. Right. And, and I think that's the the setting the expectation of what to get from Jarvis Landry because yeah. for me, I can see a path to Russell Gage being a top twenty wide receiver in round ten. And I okay. don't think it's a huge leap. I've got him at 29, yeah. but I can see a path quite clearly where if he picks, if, listen, seven for 70 every week and he scores eight touchdowns or seven touchdowns, he's going to yeah. be roundabout wide receiver 20. Yeah. That's, that's going to be roundabout where he ends up. It's not, an, it's not an unbelievable reach for him to get to there. Yeah. But I have him at 29. I think he's easily a wide receiver three. So the lowest Landry's ever finished was last year 54. He only played 12 he games. Injured. Take that out of the equation. Yeah, was yeah. his rookie year, he finished 34. Wide yeah, yeah. 34. And I think, I think he is a solid wide receiver three bet, but I think he's not going to give you a lot of ceiling games. He's just going to give you a lot of high floor games. Yeah. I would be having Jarvis Landry on my roster as someone who is a good safe. bye week filler. We're yeah, safe. We're, dra- yeah. we're safe drafters. Yeah. Uh, and I that's agree how I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think this is where I can see why his price is the, the way it is because he yep. is a very conservative player at a very late stage of a draft where people, people will upside, want to take shots. That's yeah. my upside is the fact that yeah. Thomas may not come back. He yeah. may gel better with Winston than Thomas does. That's the upside I'm looking for there. He may become his reliable guy that Winston needs to dump off to because yeah. he... He doesn't dump off, actually. I don't know what we're talking about. We said five years of that. But... <laughs> oh, I'm in panic. I'm in a rush. I just love it that way and see what happens. But, um, yeah. it, hey, they may coach it out of him. Somebody may coach it out of him. Please, God, somebody coach it out of him. Um, 
But no, as I say, I don't need him to be a top 20 wide receiver there. I need it to be a top 50, and I'm okay with that. And hey, if Michael Thomas don't play, he gets more use. He could break the 35 mark if it all works out well. While we're on strategy, Go on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change Stacey's question. Go on. Right? And then we're going to play this in reverse. Go on. So who is the one player yep. in each position yep. that you think is getting severely overdrafted and that you're going to avoid at current ADP at all costs? Patrick Mahomes, I'm not taking that early at all. Right. Yep. Easy one. Second easy one is Javonte Williams. As I said, yep. he shares Melvin Corden's job. Yep. Why bother? Um, wide receiver for me, CD Lamb perhaps, maybe AJ Brown, Ooh. two of them. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the other one, actually, wide receiver. Them two are T Higgins as well. All three okay. of them. That Similar bracket. Yeah, I'm not okay. taking a wide receiver two on a team that early in a draft. Okay. Uh, AJ Brown's the unknown with a running quarterback who's not known for his accuracy and propensity to throw the ball. CD Lamb, I think, with the loss of Cooper and the injury to Gallup. There's going to be huge expectations on him early. Yes, he should get a load of targets. I just need to see him deliver for a year before I can spend that kind of cost on him. But where he's going? And I may miss out this year. He may well do that. He may well surprise me. I'll take that chance. I'll worry about that next year when I draft him in the third round, second round instead. Um, tight end. Probably Kittle or Waller. I probably would if the value was there, take an Andrews or a Kelsey. Mm. I, I don't think I'd touch Kittle or Waller this year. One for the injuries, two for the competition at the position. Okay. Nice. You? So you've said Mahomes, that's definitely one for me. The yep. other one is Joe Burrow. Correct, yep. I think Joe Burrow is massively overdrafted for what he is, yep. and I don't see a path where he is going to be. I like, I'm like. i just going to look at where I've got him now in my QB rankings. Uh, let me just scroll up the page here. Uh, the last two redrafts I've done, Burrow went before Murray, Jackson, yeah, Brady, mental. Wilson, home. The, the yeah, cost uh, on him is crazy. One, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got Burrow at the moment sitting yeah. at 11. And would you say Burrow last year had his top season? That's his, his ceiling season. I think he improves. Yeah. I, I, I think it's incremental. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go from where he was last season yeah. to this elite level. Correct. So I he finished as wide getting... receiver seven last year, right? Quarterback seven. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Of course he did. Um, but Lamar yeah, missed I... games. Yeah. Murray missed games. Yep. Uh, who else missed games? Can't remember now. I just, I just don't understand. Um, uh, Russell Wilson missed games. Russell Wilson missed games. I think all yeah. three of them outscored him. Uh, I. I 100%. I have all of those players above in the rankings. Um, to I think Derek Carvin and Adams could outscore mm, him this year. Uh, see, I'm less optimistic of that. I think there is a ceiling to, to Derek Carr, and he's kind of at where he is. Um, so for me, the players I have over Joe Burrow are yep. Alan Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, Rogers, Prescott, Hertz, Wilson. Yeah. Can't argue with that. I, and I could make a case for Matt Stafford. I yep. haven't because I'm ex- I, I baked in a little bit of I think Matt Stafford's going to struggle uh, a little yeah. bit this year, but yeah. I can't uh, for me. But if I you're sat on that bit it. and they're both there, you're probably picking Matt Stafford over Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, if, if, 
take different I, competitions, take different I, ones. Yeah, I probably yeah. would hedge him, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able. So yeah, for me, I think Joe Burrow is massively overdrafted, yeah. and I'm, I, he won't end up on any of my teams this year, and that's fine by me. Cool. Yeah. Uh, running back for me, who's running back's a hard one because. Everyone that's I'm with you on Javante Williams by a country mile, by the way. Um, yeah. I can't disagree with that. The other one for me is Antonio Gibson at the start of the third round. Okay. It, the players going behind him in drafts, JK Dobbins, I'd rather have over Gibson. Yep. David okay. Montgomery, I certainly want over him. Ezekiel Elliott, God, that's no contest. Leonard yep. Fournette, really no contest. Ja- yep. Jacobs, no contest. Uh, Acres, no contest. I, mm. I like for me, you James Connor. Me at that stage. Yeah. Okay, James James Connor. I'm definitely taking over. Um, over him. Okay. No, no, no contest. Um, I just think for me, I'm looking at where I've got, where I've got Antonio Gibson. I've got Antonio Gibson quite a way down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I've got him at twenty. Okay. I've got him at 20. I'll be 20. That's where I've got him. Um, it's about where I'll be 16 the last draft I've done. Yeah, I just uh, I think that's high. Um, okay. So I can't see it. I think for me, he's in a, he's in a tier with uh, Eliza Mitchell, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. That's kind of okay. where I, I have him. So yeah, I'm, I'm not interested at, at that, that sort of cost. Um, okay. So I think for me, massively overrated. He's got more competition than he ever has. Um, I think Wentz is going to go out of a point to prove they don't run the ball well. Washington, they haven't no. for a few years. No. You know, what are we what are we expecting here, people? I think he's going to get work, but I think he is what he is. Um, mm. Wide receiver, there's two for me that really stand out. What, what three? Because okay. you've mentioned T Higgins. T Higgins in the third round is just yep. crazy. Yep. The guy's not going to finish as not as a wide receiver one. People need to no. just jump off this bandwagon. He's a he is a he's a mid to low range. He will have breakout player. games. He'll have standout games. Of course, he will. When the coverage is good on the other side of the ball. Yeah, a hundred percent with you on that. Um, DJ Moore. Don't understand why he's going in the third or fourth round right now. Has yes. has anyone worked out who's throwing him the ball this season? No, Sam I mean, Garner, he's always returned some numbers regardless of that. But yeah, that's too early. Drop him a round or two. Drop him a round or two and you're okay. Fifth round. Fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. If he's a fifth yeah. round player. Chuck him with Godwin. Yeah. Well, you no, know, Godwin massively is going to outperform him. Like, it's not even close. Like There's no point. Like mm. look, look at look, look at who mm. you can get. So DJ Moore's going in the sort of mid to late third round. Mid to late third round is DJ Moore. These are the players okay. you can get around. Oh, no, see, I, what I'm looking at, I haven't got him going that early. Okay. I've got is him it... in between Pittman, Moore, Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson. See, how is that a tier? How is any of those guys? <laughs> how is DJ Moore? <laughs> is it? Is it? Deontay Johnson was wide receiver eight. Let's have yeah. Michael Pittman was wide receiver 17. Amari Cooper finished as wide receiver 27. And DJ Moore, to cap the lot, 18. Yeah. So we've gone from eight to twenty-seven in four picks. So they're back to back in four picks. In fact, let me predicate that the pick before him was Brandon Ayuk, right? Brandon Ayuk thirty-five. Who? Well, he was injured a little he bit, was, yeah, and he was in a difficult situation. I think he yeah. improves. Michael Pittman has got a better quarterback this season, and he's got less competition. He's ended up yeah. with a much better situation yeah. than he had a year ago. Deontay Johnson, yeah. as you said, wide receiver eight, shouldn't even be in the conversation. He should be well clear of this. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get it. I don't get his price. I don't get it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm quite happy to... He, he should be going 
DJ Moore okay. as where you say wide receiver 18. That kind Fair of range enough. for me, I can go, yeah, okay. I think anywhere from 16 to 24, you can kind of throw a hat um, on where yeah. he is. So I have I have DJ Moore next to Pittman in my rankings, <clears throat> and I, I've i been conservative with uh, my picks. But yeah, Deontay Johnson should be miles above. Like it, It's not even funny how how that works. Um, for me, DJ Moore is like a long... He's in that sort of tier with Terry McLaurin, yeah. Darnell Mooney, yeah. Courtland Sutton. That's the yeah. kind of range that I see. I just don't see any upside. I don't see any upside Fair. for him. That's my kind of problem. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm staying well clear of that. So Awesome. Uh, yeah, that, uh, and then tight end, um, uh, Pitts... Yeah, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, um, yeah, Hawkinson. Those four yeah. can just—they're yeah. not going to be on any of my rosters uh, this season, and that is—that's uh, fine awesome. by me. Nice question, Matt. Yeah, it's a thanks, Stacey, and then yeah, reverse it round. So we're giving you some good strategy, I think, tonight, and uh, yeah, some good players to definitely think about and, and look at moving forward. For we have. To avoid or to buy, so we've kind of done a high highs and lows, which is good. It's not planned, but it's always good to do them. Yeah. A- anything else you want to cover off? Uh no, not for me. I don't think. I think we're uh, we're done. Everyone now knows how me and you approach every draft, so that's <laughs> us not winning anything this year. So um, yeah, no, I've I've definitely found it harder since um, since writing the books. People definitely are well on to me in terms of uh, what I do in drafts, and it is quite annoying. <laughs> Can I just say, one strategy I do have, and it won't work, because we've been talking about a standard 1QB setup league, right? Yeah. When you have a different scoring format, Reigns Bowl does it, FFCC not so much, JTT Cup does it, Scottish Bowl does it, I like yeah. to do something incredibly different. Yeah. I like to think outside the box, especially if I find myself... In the 11, 12, or the 1, 2 spot, where you can really impact the rest of a draft by doing something stupid. And it may be stupid, but I like to do that to throw other people out, see who's actually paid attention to the unique scoring or unique roster construction mm. or unique plan. Sometimes it works, sometimes I get a one up on somebody. Great, I've studied this better than you have and worked out what I'm doing. But even if yeah. I don't, actually, it can throw other people off enough that it will even itself back out from the end. Um, and it just means you can find later value somewhere in them different scoring format drafts. Stop being the regimented what everything is and, and actually throw something out there different sometimes, especially if you draft a lot with the same people. Uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, with you, we were speaking think... actually just before I come on here, weren't we, about my Fantasy Cares Eliminator? Yeah. Where so I'm that... 12 picks in and I don't have a skill player. No. I have two QBs, no. five kickers and five defences. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's the absolute right approach. I think you've got to listen, you're not going to win these major tournaments, these big tournaments by doing something that's just out of the box. Yep. Like you have to be different. Yeah. Um, you have to get lucky first of all, but you have to, you have to do something that's just bizarre. You just yep. have to, yep. um, you know, you can't, you can't just sit on your laurels and go, okay, I'm going to, as you say, this plan, these plans that we're talking about are standard leagues. Yeah. Um, I won't league, advocate, league I won't, yeah, exactly. I won't friends, advocate yeah. these in, in a large tournament play. No. I don't, no. except maybe the, the two running backs early if the scoring suits it. I, fair no. enough. But I think the rest of it, probably I'm with you. I think, 
I wouldn't be touching it's the revised problem because it doesn't work. This is just great fun, Murph. It's just great yeah. fun to do something kind of expected and, and really provoke a conversation and, and a reaction from others. And uh, it does throw I, people off. I drafted not this year, the year, not last year, the year before. I drafted at the 12th spot in the yep. in the Scott Fish Bowl and yep. I absolutely drove people up the wall because I'd go double tight end, yep. double quarterback. I didn't it rained Steve Rains Bowl the other year. Took Kittle yeah. and Kelsey, I think, on a turn. Oh, I, yeah, the Steve Rains Bowl, I think I took about seven tight ends. Yeah, yeah. We'd, it was the same with the um, UK FFL, not last uh, fantasy or UK yeah. football. Uh, yeah, the, the, the one that yeah. they stopped doing this year, the fantasy league. I know, Ben, yeah. Um, not last year, but the year before. I was in the draft with um, with James, um, yeah. AVFC James, and yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> me and him were messaging on the side because no one had worked out the scoring. So everyone's drafting yeah. normally, and me and him had taken all the tight ends, like all yeah. of them. And that was the one I finished thinking, third in that year. Yeah, that's right. I was winning it going into the last week, and Alvin Kamara dropped six touchdowns on me. Yeah, absolutely. I remember third. that. I think yeah. I was seventeenth in that. But yeah, and, and and that's my point is. We just look. We were messing each other through this draft because we were at complete opposite yeah. end of the draft board. Just like we're in a completely different draft to the rest of this room, and I absolutely love it because I mean, him got out of that division because we just absolutely killed it. We just took all the tight ends off the board. I was starting five tight ends a week, yeah, because yeah. the scoring was heavily focused on tight ends. So and like, I guess the best strategy we can give to anybody is actually look at what the league is you're joining. Yeah, before you draft it, read read the scoring, read the rules and the scoring and the roster construction. It's yeah, probably the best I, bit of strategy, right? Absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree and, more. And if it's in Sleeper, if you look at the score and they highlight unusual anomalies in the scoring for you, it, it has a, a bright line behind it. So it does show you what is different, what's been yeah. changed from standard. So it's not that hard to find. So, yeah. But absolutely. Anything else, Big Man, from you? Just that the fantasy football playbook will be done this week. It's, oh, it's nearly, nearly done. Um, all the major stuff's written and all the major yeah. stuff is edited. Uh, Super. it's just putting in a last set of data that needs to go in um, and writing up the cards for that uh, okay. so it's not not far away now um, so I'm hoping, it depends how quickly we can get it through the, the process of getting it published um, which doesn't take that long but it does take a little while so we need to just work through that, I'm hoping we can get it live in a couple of weeks, that would be the yeah. dream um, but good. it's going to be soon so uh, fingers crossed and uh, <laughs> wish me luck as we get to the end of this journey but you might see a tweet from me at some point this week saying it's done with some form of celebratory thing because this has been a, a labour of love I've had to rewrite over half this <laughs> like twice so um, I've talked about that so yeah I fingers crossed it is almost all together and it's almost all done uh, literally yeah. just one final chart a couple of little bits and pieces and uh, we'll be good to go Awesome. Can't wait to see it. Right. I think that's it then, Murph, right? I think that is it. So, Nation, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, any questions from the strategies, please do just, uh, just drop us a line. You know where to find us. Yeah, do. Uh, yeah. You've got Dan, you've got me here on Twitter. Pretty active. Uh, just get in touch. You know how to find us. And, uh, yeah, share the questions. Next week, hopefully, we'll be able to go through um, some of our rankings for redraft, and we'll be able to pick through um, some differences and where we are with our rankings and uh, and and talk about them and, and share the knowledge and kind of an expansion of this one. So we're starting to look at why we value players the way we do yeah. and at the same token starting to think about um, where we're going to line people up 
for, for the I'm season. I've got Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon in the same tier. <laughs> I think I have them differentiated by one tier, but it's only okay. like a very small gap. It's not a, a big one. But yes, we'll go through that uh, next week. So look forward to that one. Any questions you want us to answer next week, please do get in touch. Um, and also, there's been a couple of competitions, so I'm going to announce the winners of those next week and uh, go through them. So one of them is the Steve Rains Bowl giveaway, which nice. uh, you can get involved yeah, okay. by commenting on the 600th episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, and explain why you want in the Steve Rains Bowl. Um, I had the great pleasure of talking to Steve a few, yeah, a few years ago. And... Um, it's a shame we lost him because he was an absolutely top bloke. And yeah, I look forward to playing uh, in that tournament in his honour. So uh, it's a great tournament and get involved. So five spots we're giving away. And then also we'll be giving away the consistency guides. Uh, so find the pinned tweet and uh, hashtag I love consistency. And we'll go from there. Awesome. All right. Keep rushing then. All right. As always, next week we'll talk strategy. But until then, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.